How we doing, everybody? Tim from Ski Rex Media coming at you again with another Ski Rex Media podcast. How are you? I hope you're doing well. I also am doing well. Been skiing a bunch. Actually, let's see. What day am I recording this on? Let me look. February 3rd on the 1st and 2nd. Yes, Groundhog Day. I was out skiing. I was out skiing. I just did two back-to-back days at Whaleback. Um, yesterday, February 2nd, was a doubleheader day because I went to McIntyre Ski Area down in Manchester, New Hampshire for a while. And then on my way home, stopped at Whaleback and hit some afternoon turns too. So that was pretty cool. I got the doubleheader day. And I'm sure if you follow Ski Rex Media on social media, um, you know all about that. So let's get that out of the way first. Yes, the plugging. As I do, thank you for joining me here on Ski Rex Media and Ski Rex Media Podcast. Please make sure you subscribe or follow depending on your favorite app or location or platforms uh, terminology. Obviously, if you're watching on YouTube or Rumble, it says subscribe. If you are using, if you're an audio only version uh, person, then and you're using Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or iHeartRadio or Pandora, if you're on the Buzzsprout page and so many other places, you can get the Ski Rex Media podcast. Um, some of them say follow, some of them say subscribe, some of them is just tapping a little heart to bookmark it or, or again, whatever terminology they use. Please do all that. Also, leave, um, reviews where you can five-star reviews on uh, apple podcast for ski rex media podcast i have had them and i know that spotify you can now leave reviews as well that's been new this year if you're still using spotify i know after the joe rogan um issues they've been having over there and people are just dropping their music man i'm not i'm not i'm sticking with rogan um i'm sticking to spotify as well not that they pay me. I'm just on their platform. I just use their platform. It's a whole thing. Um, but, it, you know, they've had some trouble. So if you don't use Spotify anymore and you were listening to this program uh, there there, and you would prefer, like, if you found it on YouTube because you don't want to use Spotify anymore because of the uh, all the political, social, and whatnot issues they're having over there and Neil Young and Joni Mitchell and all these other folks, um, it there's plenty of other audio versions um out there again google podcast apple podcast um stitcher buzzsprout iHeartRadio, pandora um amazon music all those places the ski rex media podcast is available and if you would please subscribe yeah i really went the long way to get through that didn't i also go to the social media uh pages accounts profiles instagram facebook twitter linkedin ski rex media very easy to find Follow, subscribe, then maybe head over to Patreon and the or, and or the uh, Ski Rex Media Merch Shop. Check those out. You can follow on Patreon, obviously. Um, and I do have to get back into using that. But if you would like to be a proud supporter of the Ski Rex Media program, the Ski Rex Media brand, please do so. Check that out as well. Right? Right. Now that we've gotten through all that after three or four minutes, I, I really need to shorten that, don't I? I really do. I'll figure that out. I'll get it. I'll get. It. I'm still learning. Yes, I'm tons of episodes in and three seasons in, but I'm still learning, right? I know. All right. Anyway, let's get to the interview. I have had sequels before, and I talk about this in the intro to the interview. This is a Whaleback Mountain sequel. Obviously, we had, for those who, had, I don't know why I said obviously, it doesn't make sense here, but for those who listen to the Ski Rex Media Podcast or watch the Ski Rex Media Podcast, hashtag watching, you know that I did an episode with John Hunt, the executive director over at Whaleback Mountain, and I have a pretty good working rapport with Whaleback um, because of how close it is it's the closest ski mountain to where i live and uh where i work here at ski rex media uh we talked to john hunt he's the executive director um over there and we talked to him all about whaleback and small town skiing upper valley skiing here um i called it upper valley local because i've also talked to mark adamchik up at um uh, up at the Dartmouth Skiway, and I've got another one lined up, uh, not a ski mountain, but another Upper Valley local uh, interview uh, coming in a few weeks, and I think you'll dig that one, too. That'll be mostly for the snowboarders, um, that one probably, so get ready, but um, no, in this case, um, I talked to John Hunt, we talked everything Whaleback, and I love Whaleback. I've been there a few times now, uh, finally, and uh, really enjoying skiing over there. We talked to him all about that. Now, I also did uh i recorded uh, an in-person interview with um um <clears throat> excuse me brandon baker over um at uh team amp active for the winter wild race series um and we recorded that at 
a whale back up in their pub. Also a lot of fun. And that day, John suggested to me a person whom I, I should ask to be on the program. And I said, who's that? And it was the director of their ski school, Katie McNall. So today, and again, I know it's taken a while. We're already four or five minutes in. It's taken a while. I know it. Today, for today's interview on Ski Rex Media Podcast, I talked to Katie McNall, ski, the director of the ski school over there at Whaleback, um, a person who very nice, very a lot of fun, tells good stories here um, for the podcast, and um, she has a lot of experience teaching, not just at Whaleback and running Whaleback's uh, ski school, but in other places, including Breckenridge um, and, and others. So she's been around. She knows teaching, and we talk all about getting instruction the differences between getting instruction at a small place like Whaleback and a large place like um, Breckenridge. Uh, we talk um, safety gear. We talk all kinds of stuff, as I usually do. You know me. We don't ever just stick to a point. We just kind of talk and see where it goes, and we get some interesting stuff and a lot of fun stuff. So here you go, my friends. Katie McNall, director of the ski school at Whaleback. We're going to talk all about all that stuff I just said and ski school instruction and learning how to ski and snowboard. And I hope you enjoyed the interview. I think you will. It's a fun one, and I will see you at the other side. Enjoy it. Thank you. So here on the Ski Rex Media Podcast, I'm all about doing sequels. Did it with the two Adams from the Out of Network over there, Out of Bounds Podcast and the uh, Pursuit Podcast. Did two episodes, one with each Adam. That was a lot of fun. Now we're doing another sequel, a Whaleback sequel. Yes. Today we have Katie McNall. She is a, well, she, she run, she's the boss lady when it comes to teaching people how to ski at the closest ski mountain um to ski rex media headquarters in a place that i really come to enjoy whaleback mountain miss katie how are you doing today excellent thank you excellent excellent so why don't you just give us a quick overview about what you do over there at that at that 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 cool little mountain what do we do we teach i would say all the the local and actually we get people who aren't local as well uh how to ski and hopefully they can take it and they can run with it and go on vacation with their families and join larger programs or other things or just enjoy it for life. So that's what we do. Awesome. Awesome. Now, it, I, I would imagine it's a very now. Do you just run that department or do you teach as well? I do both. I, I okay. do, especially right now uh, with COVID, mm -hmm. it are it is a we have a wonderful group of instructors who are very flexible. And so I don't plan to teach every day, but then I end up teaching every day. And cool. uh, I enjoy that. It makes it much more entertaining. So, Oh, I'm sure. And, and one of the things, um, John Hunt from over at Whaleback Mountain, and I've talked about this with other folks from smaller ind independent mountains, smaller mountains, you don't always do just one thing at these places. If you work there, you're doing a lot of different things. And it looks like you've already got the double header. You run it and you teach. And that's awesome. <clears throat> in fact, I was there yesterday um, riding the T-bar up and down. And the lifty who was running that, he he teaches sometimes, too. I didn't get his name, but uh, he was saying that, too. So a lot of double duty over there, huh? Or triple or quadruple. Or there you go. <laughs> yeah. Keeps it interesting. Keeps busy, man. You don't want to get bored. You definitely don't want to get bored. So I think one of the interesting things about talking to someone who teaches, and we could talk all kinds of stuff about teaching, but it, it's really the place in this case. Um, what's it like? Like, have you, well, first, have you ever taught at anywhere else? Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> of course. Um, I've taught in Breckenridge for years. There you I go teaching in a, uh, a small mountain, though, very similar to Whaleback, outside of uh, Buffalo. I grew up outside of Buffalo, New York, when I was in high school. And okay. we taught when we were kid, when we were in high school, we taught to get a free pass. And so we could go skiing because there are six kids in my family. And it had night skiing. It was very similar. It had night skiing. And my mother, in fact, would drop us off and say, Okay, kids, pick you up at 10 p.m. because they were open till 10. Do your homework. Nice. And she would come back. And so I've taught in Breckenridge and I've taught um, there. And I, I, I taught in Hunter outside of because I lived in Manhattan for 11 years. Okay. Uh, or I worked in Manhattan. I taught at Hunter. And then I got 
another level of certification uh, when I was living in Whistler Black Home for a year. And I was just skiing, but I got additional teaching certification in Whistler Black Home when I was there for a year. So um, Whaleback is, uh, I think, I like it. I think it's great. So, That's awesome. I think other like, people do it too. <laughs> Yeah, uh, people love the place. Like it, yeah. it, that, your mountain has such a following, especially right around here in the Upper Valley. Like it is a huge following, and yeah. um, you're clearly legit. You've taught all over the place. Um, that mountain outside of Buffalo, which one was it? Tamarack. It Tamarack. Tamarack. Yeah. Ah, yes. All right. Sh shout out to them then. <laughs> um, that's very cool. I know there's a couple around there. I don't know them all. I don't know yeah. the the area yeah. well. Yeah. Um. That's very awesome. Um, so you you like it, and that's awesome. What's the difference then? And this was it's perfect that you taught at these other places and been at these other places. Um, Whaleback small, Breckenridge not so small. Um, what's the big difference between teaching at at a place that's like super famous, like Brecken's super famous, kind of big, has a lot of people, versus something small town like Whaleback, which again is beloved. But doesn't have the draw. Not, not. I don't mean that in a negative yeah. way. It's, it's just small. What's it like? The difference. Well, I mean, it, it's very different. <laughs> it's very different. I mean, I think, um, well, of course, it's much more personal. And this is, I think, one of the reasons people come. And, but one of the benefits of Whaleback, I think, compared to a lot of the other places in this area is uh this is my own personal opinion the ungroomed terrain the ungroomed okay. terrain i think makes it so that um and even though it's short but mm -hmm. i think it has a microcosm of everything that you need to learn if you want to go other places or do other things or you know all the different types of terrain that you might run across for the most part you know i sure. mean um uh, there aren't cliffs like there are in Whistler or whatever, you know, but you get, you get the basic and, and I really emphasize that with the instructors. And I say, take them into all this stuff that they can't get at a lot of the other resorts around here because, because they groom everything. Um, and uh, I, and I, I, it makes it more personal. And I think people like the feel of the lodge and they feel welcome and, um and and we, we really try to keep the class sizes small uh there that is one really large difference really large like i when i taught in breckenridge you would have um i mean you would you would have up to eight uh kids who were who were four to six years old and you would have maybe up to 12 kids who were the older kids and there is a world of difference between having um, you know, we try to have two to four kids who are, who are four, you know, if they're six years and under, and even at that number, I mean, you're, you're still, you are sweating bullets. You are working really hard and, and it's, and it's still tricky, but at least the kids I feel get a, a lot more in an hour or an hour and a half or two hours. Whereas when people are coming to Breckenridge, they're coming for a whole week, they're dropping their kids off and then they're going skiing themselves. They're dropping them off for the day. And so those kids, it's okay if they're learning at a slower pace because they're there for eight hours. You know, they're there for eight hours. If they learn at a slow pace, it doesn't make as much of a difference. But for us, people are coming for a short, concentrated, uh, you know, duration of learning. And I try to pay attention to that. And I, and I emphasize it with the instructors too um that our customers are different they're not just coming a lot of times to to just ski with an instructor they're coming to to learn you know so sure. anyways i think that's some of the biggest differences <laughs> absolutely and yeah. i can only imagine um you know having a, a ski class size with kids in the teens and 20 kids like total that's that's well, a lot. Not 20, not not 20, but yeah. it might be uh at least at Breckenridge, it would be yeah. six or eight kids who are who are between four and six. And it would be okay. maybe uh they would try to do eight, but sometimes okay. it might be ten 
or 12 kids who are who are 7 to 14. Okay. And, I see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not 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 20, not 20. Yeah. I was going to say that's And now I saw though that they they changed what they say they're doing for class sizes, so maybe it's changed. This was 20 years ago. So okay. maybe it's changed. Excellent. Uh, hey, even even so, like a a big group. I mean, we know it. Whether even if you take it off the mountain to like elementary school, the bigger the class size, the more issues you can come up with. You know, not enough. You know, it, the smaller is better. <laughs> like in my opinion, the bigger yeah, is it always better. is. It always is. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I love the idea of getting people out into ungroomed stuff <laughs> like you know i knew when i was coming up that that's what i skied on was groom stuff you know I, I learned at memorial park down in brattleboro but then the next place i was was mount snow uh when i worked there and it's you know it's it's a it's, it's a groomed up mountain and you know on the days when it wasn't it you know it took a little to get you know it took a little to get accustomed to it so that's brilliant i love it i think that's great There's um a lot of racing programs which is really wonderful around here too. So, oh, so yeah. the, the nice thing is you get to, you then get experience, but you can choose, you know, sure. if you're a parent with a kid, you can then choose to have them go one way or another, you know? So, yeah, absolutely. And, and whaleback seems to embrace the racer, uh, the racer culture, the racer kids. Um, they, they were there yes. on, they were there on Tuesday. They're there um, every night. There are racers. Are there really? I oh, missed yeah. them yesterday. There's racers. Yeah, last night was the the Dartmouth Tuck School. They have their okay. race night league. So, all right. Yeah, I I actually banged out at like three thirty. So yeah. I was there when it was empty. Like it was beautiful. I had the whole lower face to myself. Nobody was going to that. Nobody realized that was open. So I had that whole little trail to myself for like an hour and a half. It was wonderful. Um, great place though. By the way, like, you know, the, I actually see here's a fun here's a little fun thing, because speaking of me being there the last two days, it, they're running the T-bar currently, only the T-bar. Um, that is changing this weekend. That is. I heard about that. And that's. <laughs> Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Yeah, I'm ready to see the rest of the mountain. I've only seen that little bit over there. They're just having above. a crush the curse party, crush the curse <laughs> party, which is just too funny. <laughs> that's amazing i love that that is incredible and you need to it, that's have a party celebrate celebrate even the littlest thing celebrate this but um yeah the, just that little area above the learning area and i was in there and that was great um but i've never been one to and i was wishing we got this done beforehand because i was nervous because surface lifts and i do not we don't usually agree. I have never successfully done it till the other day. And luckily now I've mastered it at Whaleback. Um, so I was going to be like, and I've been talking to people about it and it really seems hit or miss. People either love surface lifts and think they're great or hate them with a passion and don't want to go near them. Do you think that's accurate as someone who has to teach people how to ride these things? I'm not. A snowboarder. I think if I were a snowboarder, I would hate them. I bet they're very hard on snowboard. They look very hard. And as a skier, though, no. I mean, usually the kids love them. They think they're really neat and interesting. And I don't know. <laughs> so it, it, it's a curiosity to me because, like I said, I have never, I have blown Poma lifts. I've blown T bar. I've blown them all, um, except for the magic carpets. Those are fine. Those are you know you don't have to do anything with that um so i was gonna ask like i was i was like you know man if we could have got this done i could have said what's the best tip for riding these things <laughs> so throw that out there why not well not to sit down everybody sits down the first time they go to go on it so you know that it's, like, oh, yeah. it's good practice so when you go out west you know if you if your family goes out west they i mean they have them they're just at the higher elevations you know above the tree line and stuff they have them sure. so now you can bring your kids and your kids have done it before and you don't have to worry about it. So, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I suggest learn it while you're young because I didn't and it was a mess. And, but this one's great. It, you know, it, it moves. It, it's fine. It, and, and I got it. I'm, I'm, I've mastered it. So I'm ready to tackle them wherever. Um, it's very cool. Um, the learning area over there now, it, it, it I don't want to say it feels small because I it don't is know. Is it like I, oh, yes. I haven't been I haven't been in a I learning mean, area. 
the, they have entire mountains that are learning you know i mean and if you're out in europe i mean you know or or large places it just sure. it goes forever and ever so I, what that means is that you have to teach differently you have to teach with a real focus on people's technique so you have to watch what they're doing with their feet and you have to um there isn't enough room for people to gradually understand and like gradually try something they either can do it or they can't do it because there's not okay. a long duration so what that means is you look and see what their feet did their body did and you see were they able to do what you just asked them to do or showed them to do and if they weren't then you don't ask them to try it again you go and you ask them to do the next easiest thing instead okay. so you you ask them to do something different and you ask them to do the next easiest thing you see if they can do that and then you have to work so you work backwards technique wise and then forward backward and forward and and that's different than if you have a lot of run out room and a lot of uh you know tons of room where you can try to do the the technique thing for you know a quarter of a mile sure. <laughs> so yeah we don't we don't have that so what it means is that you have to be a better teacher um you have to you actually have to be a much better teacher so i'm doing a lot of training with the staff because um because that way if they ask a kid to do something the kid can't do it then what do you do and if you were at a big resort where you have a lot of room then the kid could just keep trying it on something like more flat you have more variation of flat terrain so well one of the things i did this year was because even the magic carpet people look and they're like oh the magic carpet oh that's so easy but for mm -hmm. a beginner our magic carpet is actually on a little bit of a steeper slope and there isn't okay. as much runoff room and it doesn't look like it for a regular person but it is if no it doesn't learning to ski so i bought um Oh, like walking us. It's called a scent mat, but anyways, it's, you know, some, some matting and that way we can put it on the exact terrain that is perfect for whatever skill you're asking the person to learn. So I take, and I, I, and it, it just looks like a long carpet runner made out of rubber, a carpet runner. Okay. Made out of and so I'll move it to exactly where I want on the hill for that person to learn that skill. And then I'll drag it over here or I'll give it a little bit more of an, you know, and you can move it around and then uh it makes it so that the person can learn the techniques you want without getting like in a at like a defensive type of positioning and and being afraid they're picking up too much speed because they wouldn't be picking up too much speed because you can move it around and yeah. control um and two it's different for kids versus adults because adults have more mass and so they'll pick up more speed and then of course if you're heading for the parking lot <laughs> the parking lot's right there, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> last year, I mean, certainly last year, I saw kids running off into the park. Oh, man. It's like, uh, but I mean, you know, so you can solve that with a, a, a bunch of things. So, sure. A little net, a little, we put a little berm, you know, so a little snowbank and, yeah. uh, <laughs> and a, a little thing. But then also, you can, you can, I got this mat so that you can change the terrain they're going on. So anyways, that's, <laughs> you know, that's, that's actually interesting that you talk about going, running off into the parking lot yeah. um, as a, as a chuckle, because I didn't even think about it. And to, to this, this is the point I'm making is that, you know, the instructors, they have so much more to think about. Like once we know how to do it, we're just doing it. Doesn't matter. Yeah. They have to think about this stuff. And I, yesterday, when I left, I parked right by the um, right in front of the uh, the chairlift, and I just rode right up to my car. Didn't even consider it. Didn't even think and, about it. Right. Yes. <laughs> and and kids will do that too, but they can't stop. Exactly. So, uh, yeah. So it's best not to have people running into running into the parking lot. So we so we solved that. We solved that. And that's good. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, because I mean, you don't want anybody to get hit by a car. <laughs> that's one thing. Um, so be careful. 
everybody driving into a parking lot with a learning area. doesn't matter what mountain you are is right there. Um, that's great. And it sounds almost like you've customized the curriculum in a way. Like, I don't know if that's the well, right word, but that's it's exactly like, what it is. that's exactly yep. what it is. Yeah. I mean, cause it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a different learning area than the other areas around here. All yeah. the other areas around here, their learning area is physically longer. Sure. Ours is physically shorter because we're in a short little steep hill. Mm-hmm. And um, and because of that, that's exactly what I needed to do. And so I did it. And and but I mean, they do that with all terrain, you know, the everywhere. If you have a race course, they choose where they want to put it. If they have a, you know, based on what they're trying to do. Same with terrain parks. They they build build up the area as they want it to be. And that's and that's basically what uh we we're doing with our little learning area so yeah awesome now thinking about the little learning area yesterday and i don't know how common this is because i haven't gotten to ski there much but there was a couple like small terrain park like features just to the left if you were facing up now do you just teach basic skills and that's set up there or do you teach terrain uh, park technique do you teach other technique other than basic skills all around oh. like even glade skiing or anything like this oh no of course yeah no we do um okay it's based off of the instructors that we get year to year so okay. right now we have uh quite a few very strong terrain park uh skiers and nice um and we also have some strong glade skiers and so when we get kids or groups who are black level or higher blue level, um, I, I encourage that. Well, because Breckenridge has a massive terrain park. And so when I was in my 20s, I was going in the terrain park. So um, and when I was in Whistler, I was pretty much never on. You know, I was always in the glades. And so um, so absolutely right now we have if we have the instructors we do it, you know, we encourage sure. it and we do it and we bring them in um, and, you know, get them started. And of course, Whaleback has a core team and a lot of the areas around here, the core team, I was, when I came here, I was like, what is the core team? The core team is the, the freestyle team. And, and a lot of areas around here have a freestyle team. So no, we, right now we have um, kids who are, who are taking it up uh, with our instructors. So that's that's incredible. Um, I think back to my my days back in the 90s is, you know, this terrain parks were just being born. Like I worked at Mount Snow in the late 90s at Corinthia. They had the half pipe and that was it. And that was fancy at that I, time. And I was very surprised to see it well back. They have um, they have. So if you're part of the core team, so the same way you would go and maybe join Ford Sayer for racing. So yeah. Wellback has their core team. So you could take introduction lessons with the ski school. But then if you like it a lot and your kid wants to pursue it, they could do the core team and they have, they have trampolines. I mean, like the type of trampolines they have at the training facilities in Lake Placid for like the, you know, the Olympians go and train on the, the trampolines and learn flips and all this stuff. And, and they have those trampolines at Whaleback. And I was very surprised uh, to see that, but they have it. That's and amazing. So that's how these kids are. They're really good. The kids on these freestyle teams. All right. It's 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 really come into its own. Um, I I never thought tricking was going to not on a not just on a competitive level, but at, on a recreation level was going to reach the level that it is where p- folks who teach it are now teaching it. Like it was back in the day, it was you do it, you learn it, you get hurt, and then you do it again. Now you actually get someone who says, "All right, here's how you avoid getting hurt. Here's how you do it." That that's amazing to me. That's that so awesome. Practice on trampolines and and all of yeah. this. It just it really helps so that you can learn, what, you know, the precursor stuff with the lowest yeah. likelihood of injury. So absolutely, <laughs> like believe me, I was considering hanging out with the little kids. Like, all right, little kids, how do you? Well, and their instructor, of course. But how, how do you how do you ride a box? How, how do you land? Because I can land little jumps because that's a that's a technique we should all have, but. You know how you know. Then they progress these big things. It's like, how do you do that? Because I don't know how to do that, and I've never been able to do it. Not that I haven't tried, but literally, I get to the top of the jump, 
and I try to jump and I just kind of bloop off it. I don't know how to go any higher. It's very strange. I'm a very strange skier, it would seem. Um, but that's awesome. And I don't know, one of these days when I'm over there, I might have to come bother one of your instructors who can teach skis because I kind of want to get back into trees and I haven't done it in years and I'm very nervous about it. I'm actually scared of it. I'm not even going to lie or shit. You know I it. think most people are. I really think most people are, which is why I um, try to encourage the instructors to take the advanced level kids into the trees so that they don't become afraid of it because yeah. you don't have to, you don't have to be as long as um, the idea is to know what you're able to do and not able to do. And it's best to figure that out yes. with a teacher. I think if you're trying harder things that, that, uh, you know, have higher consequences, if you're not good enough. No, um, I, I agree with that 100%. Like I have done it. I did it back in the day, but I was off skis for like six years and people were always like, Oh, it comes right back to you. It's like riding a bike. I was, a, I'm a chicken. I'm a chicken. So it wasn't like riding a bike for me and you know, trees, you know, everybody talks about it. I'm like, ah, I don't need to do that anymore. But you know, the more I see it and I see the people doing it and I'm growing confidence in my skills again, I'm just like, I kind of want to do that again. That, that, that looks like a lot of fun, but it's awesome that someone can show you how to do it and pull you out if you screw it up, which is what I'm scared of doing. We have a, we have a program this year and uh, if anyone wants to sign up, no one has, but we haven't had enough snow till now, but we're about to get a ton. Yep. Uh, we have a steeps trees uh, and bumps program that's for adults or older teenagers and adults. And uh, I made one that's a woman's one one that is a mixed, you know, adults and women and one that's kids. Um, cool. And so anyone is welcome to come and sign up. It looks like we're about to get a snowstorm, so everything will fill in and we'll have some terrain to 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 learn that kind of thing on. <laughs> and, and do it everybody who can. That Whaleback is great. Um in the in the show notes and descriptions and stuff there will be um all the Whalebacks um Contact info plus whaleback.com. You can find that all there. Call them up if you want to and be like, hey, how do I sign up for this? Because that's awesome. And when does that start? It starts in about two weeks. Perfect. Yeah. Excellent. Good. Because this episode will be out before that. So we'll, we'll get some eyes on it. That'd be good. That's incredible. That's awesome. I, I don't know. I might have to do it myself. I'll have to see what my schedule is now because, like I said, I'm a chicken. And I wouldn't mind having someone hold my hand that actually knows what they're doing. Now, as a professional and someone who has a lot of experience teaching, this is kind of a silly question, but I, I have to ask it because it does have a serious tone. Well, do you agree? It's not even a question. Do you agree if you're learning, get someone who knows how to teach you to teach you, not your best friend, not your husband or wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, not just somebody. Let a pro teach you someone who knows how to do it that's definitely better i think it depends on how fast you want to learn that's my oh. opinion. okay that's interesting if you want to learn fast you get an instructor because you will learn so much faster totally. it also depends i think well because i don't know i think a lot of people like me you grow up skiing and and uh you're just bombing around with your friends and eventually over time you figure it out you know i i mean i think anybody can do that with most things and i think the uh the difference is if you want to learn fast so especially you have family members you go skiing with friends or with family they're able to do certain things and you're not and they're going on terrain that makes you nervous um this kind of thing it happens constantly this we get a lot of people who come Mm -hmm. And they come and they do, uh, we have a, a, a great learn to ski package, but also, you know, I, I'm going to teach thing, you know, someone who wants to get stronger on blues or blacks because they're going with family or friends and, and they're out of their comfort zone and you, you don't learn as fast by yourself. You, you just don't at all. So, I mean, the other thing too, is I find, especially for more challenging terrain, uh, People have been told the exact opposite of what they're supposed to do. And yep. they don't know that because their friends think they know what they're talking about, but they haven't skied in. So like if you're skiing only in off piece terrain in Whistler day after day after day, like I did, you'll figure out on your own. And I, you know, I didn't take less 
that that what you had been told and what you thought was the way to go through terrain and make your way through any type of terrain and all of the all of the extreme stuff is is probably wrong. <laughs> you know that because you haven't been on hard enough terrain yet. So I think a lot of the um, off piece terrain is is very easy around here. And so people think that um, uh, that you know, so they're, they're the way they do it is is actually um, much more difficult, but also you're you're more prone to fall or, or it's you're not going through it in the, the the manner that you would if you were actually doing that in in very difficult surroundings so sure anyways if you take a lesson <laughs> then sure. then you will uh learn how to to navigate all that sort of stuff in advance of of getting yourself in these situations i think because then people get themselves in situations and they're like, oh my God, I run across people all the time when I go skiing by myself all the time who have gotten mm -hmm. dragged on stuff and, and, and their, their friend, boyfriend, husband, you know, whatever is, is yelling at them to just, I love it. Just turn. <laughs> no, that's the best one. Just turn. And you're just like, oh my God. And you're like, no, don't just turn here. This terrain is too hard for you and you are going to fall immediately. Don't turn, side slip down. So you come out of side slip. Okay, they manage the terrain. They're down. They manage. Sure. Like and uh, uh, anyways, uh, it's always, always. That's so good. Husband or brother, the boyfriend, husband or brother, or it's like a bunch of guys where one of the guys is significantly different in ability. So, anyways. Uh, <laughs> nope, you're right. I, I I think I so I think lessons are really great. If you, you, you want to just, and, and if you've never done it before, or if you are whatever level and you just want to quickly, you know, pick it up a notch, that's the way to do it. So. Absolutely. And I agree. <laughs> and it's so funny. You just bring up like the group of guys and there's always one, we had an issue, uh, a situation like that. And luckily the one, the one specifically, I, I've successfully taught one person how to ski in my life. And I, I see how he has progressed over the years and he really, at least the last time I skied with him, his, he, there was really no progression. I couldn't translate where I was to him. Like I can, he could get up and down the mountain on green, blue, black, basic. That's fine. Um, but he can't really progress. Um, because I can't translate that. I know how to do it for me. I can't, you know, I'm not like you who can look at someone, uh, you know, assess the situation, be like this, this, and this. So he didn't get the experience he should. Like if he would have gotten that experience, he he should have. Not to mention the fact we, he and I combined, tried to teach his wife how to ski. And I thought that was going to erupt into one of the biggest marital fights I ever saw oh, right next to him. So sad. It, it really was. <laughs> But she's, you she's all the time where people get frustrated with the other person because they, yep. they can't do they say, oh, just do this. Well, what I was just telling you where where if the terrain does not allow you to do what that other person asked you to do, sure. like the instructor doesn't get frustrated and it's like, just do it like the instructor goes, oh, OK, they physically can't do it. it obviously. Well, let me go backwards and do the next easiest thing, you know. There you go. So, yeah. And then yeah. They, they are able to do it, mm -hmm. you know, in another 15 minutes or something. Sure. Or 30 minutes. Do you know what I mean? So, anyway. Yeah. No, you're right. I, I And I love that I have someone who knows what they're talking about who can help me push that ideology that just go get your lesson. I tell people now I won't teach anymore. I won't try and instruct someone because I, I just can't. It's not in my skill set. Yes, I can do it. Um, we have a set of teenagers um, in our friend group, my friend's kids and, and their their parents asked me, you know, you, you, do you want to take one of them up? The one that wants to learn skiing? I'm like, no, go take them and get the lessons, man. Don't. And their uncle, who's my best friend, said the same thing as a snowboarder. He's like, I could show them things, but let them get the right. Let them get the best experience they can and learn. the yeah, right. It makes life much easier. And two. You know, I, I do, I run across so many people who uh, tried to get taught by families and then it didn't work out and they come to Whaleback. And a lot of times they come to Whaleback because it's right on the highway and it's very easy. 
Sure. And right after work. And we are open at night. So, so they're, you know, working professionals and, and they'll just, they'll just do, uh, you know, they, they come and they do, and they're like, oh, why didn't I do this before? This is so, you know, (laughs) absolutely. Yeah. Because you had to go through the pain of trying to have other people teach you first. (laughs) Yeah. No. Anyways. Yeah. Go. Yeah. No, go to Whaleback and learn. There's also the, there, there's the embarrassment factor. Yep. And a lot of people are embarrassed when they're, you know, especially professionals or kids, you know, everybody they're they like to feel competent. Everyone yep. likes to feel competent. And you're, you're learning something where you, you fall down very easy and then you don't feel competent. And, and one of the other things that I really, really try to make, at least everyone I teach, sure. make them feel very comfortable with, with the fact that like falling is so normal in skiing and oh, it's totally. maybe not normal in other sports, but it's very normal in skiing. And, and the people who aren't, aren't pushing their boundaries don't realize that. And you see a lot of, there's, there's a lot of adults who think you shouldn't be falling and kids too think you shouldn't be falling. And, and if you have medical problems or if you're, you know, have, you know, what I've got a bum knee, you know, okay, maybe you want to not be falling, but generally, um, the idea is to take the embarrassment away and to really just make it a learning environment and to not have it have like all these other mental connotations of like, you know, and, and so that, so that people just, uh, feel, feel that it's a fun thing and it doesn't matter if you fall or you don't fall anyways. That's yeah. my, I, 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 when I was skiing by myself, uh, in Whistler for years, I mean, I would fall 10 times a run, 15 sure. times a run in places where, so places where, you know, there's very low, uh, severe consequences <laughs> and when it's severe <laughs> consequences, you don't fall <laughs> severe consequences equal to not fall. So the idea is you, you, you teachers can take people into this different types of terrain they get accustomed to where am i going to fall where am i not going to fall um and 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 they they grow their skill base and then they go off with their families or they go on to better stuff there you go that's awesome i love that because i have always said embrace the biff i say that like if you fall embrace it enjoy it as long as you don't get hurt um obviously but don't worry about it. Don't worry about if someone sees you. They, again, the embarrassment factor. You know, don't worry if someone sees you. The most you're gonna have, the, the worst that'll happen is someone's gonna run up to you and say, "Hey, dude, you okay?" And you made a new friend. That's it. No one's gonna make fun of you. You're fine. Plus, it's attention. People are giving you attention. You know, take the attention where you can get it. And I also had a supervisor back in my mouth snow days who used to say, "If you're not falling, then you're not trying." So I was like, you know what? I live by yeah. that now. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I really agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, and it. it Good. Well, and the faster you go, sorry, uh, let me no, turn off the ringer. Uh, <laughs> the faster you go, the less it hurts to fall. So. Yeah. Give along like a stone. <laughs> yep. Speaking of falling, though. As a professional, this is something I tell people. If you feel yourself going down on skis, especially skis, not a snowboard, because snowboard, you're already sideways. If you go down on skis, don't sit backwards. Like if you feel yourself going down, don't don't allow yourself to sit. Go sideways because you turn into a rocket sled if you sit. Is that something that you can agree with? Yeah, I mean, ideally, you want to uh, flop around and be very loose. Because then you don't hurt yourself if you flop around and you're very loose. And then you also want to, uh, if you can, <laughs> rotate your body so that your head is facing uphill and your skis are downhill. Sure. And try to slow yourself down using the skis. And also, I mean, this it's not, we don't have this kind of terrain, but I mean, ideally you, you want to have head uphill and then you can jab your poles in and yeah. if you still have your poles. You jab your poles in and use you 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 know use them as a or you could jab your elbow in and and use your elbow to slow yourself down if you jab your elbow in so yeah um, i i tell people that stuff because uh, we saw a absolute horror show of a woman who went down on a on a a 
fairly steep diamond. Um, she sat back. She turned into an out of control sled and hit a tree. Oh, I have never uh, seen that before. Yeah, it was brutal. Um, she survived and she was hurting. I'm sure like she, yeah. mu- she broke ribs, like all of them. I'm sure. Um, I don't know. Again, this is another Mount snow story. Um, so we knew almost all the patrollers. So we got the, we, we, we asked, we're like, dude, we saw that like, yeah. and it was, hor- it was a horror show, but the- she was fine. It just, she didn't feel fine for probably weeks. I- In fact, her season was probably over at that point. Um, so I tell people, man, hit the ground. So you have as no, so you are friction and you stop, um, the best you can. And, you know, cause there is a right and a wrong way to fall again, as a professional, I tell people there's a right way to fall. And I get these cross-eyed looks like, how is there a right way to fall? I was like well, in every sport. Yeah. If you, it just, the looser you are, the less likely you are to tear things, hurt things, uh, at all. You know, if, yeah. if you, if you tense up a lot, which, so, I mean, just the more you fall, the more you you tend to be loose about it, and you just flip sure. yourself right around, and and your your skis are below you, and they slow you down, and you stand right back up. I mean, you see professional skiers falling constantly, but if you're yeah. not used to falling, then you're really tense, and then you're more likely to hurt something. So, you know, absolutely, and you know, it, it's like, man, you got just 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 fall. I mean, don't put your hands out and break a wrist. That sucks. I've oh, done that. Oh, we had a kid last week who did. Oh, he was learning to snowboard. Poor boy. Yep. That's anyway. especially. I, if people are learning, when I attempted to learn snowboarding, mm-hmm. you can always take the very, uh, you know, smart, but uh, people might make fun of you option of wearing rollerblading wrist guards and knee pads. Yep. So that's what I did when I tried to learn snowboard. <laughs> And actually, that's exactly where I was going to go next was equipment. Now, I when I broke my wrist falling, it was on inline skates. So there you go. It was on a pair of roller blades, actual roller blade branded inline skates. Um, and I wasn't wearing any pads or a helmet, which typically I do. Just that day I didn't. I was getting cocky. And I fell. And to save my knees, I did something stupid. And I put my hands out in front of me instead of just taking it in the shoulder. Um, and broke my wrist. My first thing my doctor asked was, were you wearing pads? And I put my head down and then he put the cast and on me. And sent no, me on sure. my way. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I didn't lie about it. Um, but safety equipment now in, in, in the, in the last bunch of years, I I've gotten, well, those of us who have been around since the, like say the nineties turn of the century in today, we've seen this, the, the transition of, there was like one person on the whole mountain with a helmet. To yeah. now there's like one astonishing. person on the mountain without it's it's really astonishing i think it's unbelievable how it's it well because of course you know i mean it used to be a very like uncool thing and now yeah. and so nobody did it because it was not cool and mm-hmm. now of course I, it's just a, it's just a standard it's just a normal thing to do so and yeah. nobody even questions it um and of course you see kids doing all sorts of funny things like putting dinosaur spikes on their their helmet and who knows i love those (laughs) so yeah i i mean i personally have uh been sliding in a patch of trees before and and smashed and my head hit hit the tree when i was sliding down and and lo and behold my helmet saved you know saved my head from smashing against the tree now it doesn't a lot of people don't know uh you probably do i don't know but that um, it does not prevent against some, all types of concussions. It prevents against, True. you know, uh, fracturing your skull and, you know, more minor things. But if you're going very fast, of course, you know, your, your brain will hit the inside of the skull, unfortunately. So, yeah. but it definitely does, you know, it does quite a bit. So, and, yeah. and bindings these days are great too. I mean, bindings these days are just absolutely wonderful and it, it can prevent against so much. And if someone has really bad knees, they can get, there are bindings that are specifically designed um, to release really well for in a pivoting manner. And those can help prevent against knee trauma more than they're more expensive. <laughs> they're yeah. much more wow. expensive. Totally. But, um, uh, but you'll see all of the freestyle skiers get get these types of bindings. And sure. if you have knee problems and you're, t- you're skiing or taking up skiing, you have money for those kinds of bindings that cost $400. The bindings, you should get them. So 
Yeah, absolutely. Don't skimp on safety equipment if you can help it. Um, it's actually bring it up uh, in, in, interesting. A lot of people don't bring up the, I, the fact that, you know, a helmet is a wonderful thing. I use one now too. I always said for years and years, if the mountains start requiring them, then I'll get one. I just got one and said, you know what? This is wonderful. Um, it's also warmer than your hat people out there. But, um, the thing is, is that you're right. They, they do a lot of good work, but don't get cocky with it because you can still get hurt. In fact, in our area, we have Dartmouth Hitchcock up the road here and um, the Dartmouth Hitchcock Medical Center and, you know, the medical school over at Dartmouth College. And they 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 uh, they had a study that said, you know, people are still getting they think it even though helmet use has gone up, they still see awful trauma injuries of people getting smashed faces broken jaws um smashed noses smashed eye sockets because people are getting cocky don't get cocky with your helmet you could still get hurt but definitely have it um so we all agree on that do you uh, whether you want to talk about you personally or what you would suggest like you did say using like when you're learning how to snowboard go ahead and use your inline skating gear so if you fall you got your wrist guards you do your knees do come into play as you uh you kneel down use your knee guards do you suggest anything else like even i suggested to yeah. somebody um i suggested to people once and people thought i was kind of silly but i've thought about getting a mouth guard like football players have and hockey players and other sports like this do you suggest any stuff like that um you know i do if you are doing certain types of th if you're doing the terrain park I personally would recommend um, uh, the they make so Burton makes and and I don't know other manufacturers make the spinal. Um, it looks like a little backpack, like a little camel. Yeah, but it actually is a fake vertebrae, a fake mm -hmm. fake vertebrae spine. And uh, when I was in Whistler, all, all the teenage boys, these packs of roving teenage boys they you'd go in the cafeteria they take their coat off and they're all wearing them they all had on these these fake uh uh vertebrates to prevent against their spine breaking so i mean these you know these are kids who are you know do, doing train parks and and all of these types of things and you're going on rails you're going on whatever um and there's also um uh, and i have uh of course i don't i don't do it anymore and i don't wear it anymore but uh, there's shorts you can buy that burton makes shorts and other companies do too where there's hard padding for um panels in various parts of the shorts on the sides and then also where the tailbone is so sure. that you won't break your tailbone um Ooh. so if you're concerned about that that's not like a backpack thing that's like a short you know a shorts type of thing so um there, there's those options and yeah. i know people who are learning to snowboard i i think it's easier to break your tailbone when you're when you're snowboarding than other things skiing but I, the general skier doesn't need doesn't need these things i don't think yeah I, I, and again it, it all is about what you do like i i don't wear back protection but you're right it, it's very similar for those who don't know about it um you if you've ever seen a motorcycle rider on the highway it looks like he's wearing a bulletproof vest he or she they're not that that's what basically what that is uh is a type of back protection in the ski world and snowboard world we have similar things um, also there's, you know, hip protection, tailbone protection, so many things. Um, and again, it depends on what you do. Um, and then tailor it, make sure you tailor it to that better to have, you know, better to have it. Like I said, I've considered getting a mouth guard cause there's times you end up hitting a couple, you know, some bouncy stuff and you might bite your tongue and, or broke it, break a tooth. And that's not fun either. Again, 90% of the time, you probably won't need it. It's that other 10% that you might. Um, but again, tailor it to yourself. She's right. Generally speaking, we don't all need a back protector. But hey, I mean, if you want to wear it, though, go yeah, for it. I mean, I don't know. It just feels like you're wearing a, a little camelback or something. So <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I, I, I agree with I, that. I, recommend if, I, I think parents who have their kids doing, um, if I had my kid doing the doing all of the terrain park features especially rails and things i mean i would get it for them i mean i'd, I'd make the investment i'd get it for them i personally rather yeah. that than you know so no, i agree i i think most people don't need these things though yeah there you go very <laughs> 
a very honest professional answer, and I like that. And I think safety is a good place to uh, leave it off. You have anything else you want to throw out there? Anything else you want to plug? Talk about? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> John is doing a great job, by the way. Though I will. Oh, there say. you go. He is doing a great job, and talk about uh, wearing a lot of hats. That is exactly what what is going on. <laughs> What's happening? So. John's a great guy, man. I I, I dig him. I mean, he he's he's actually I don't want to say building. He I love him. He's a good guy. So he's he's great, and I I interact with him not as much in the last couple of weeks as I've been trying to get things going back here at uh, Ski Rex Media headquarters after the COVID. I'm not going to let anybody forget I was sick. I want all the sympathy I can get. Um, but he's great. Whaleback is great. I love Whaleback. And like I said, I've only been able to do the small section off the T-bar so far um, as my first year there. And I can't wait to hit the rest. It looks great. And people are hitting it. Like if you ski around just that section and look up the trails, people are uphilling and still taking that thing well, down. We have uh, nighttime uphill races as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so yep. if anyone likes doing uphill, we have we have uphill nighttime races. So you can come and do that. Actually, before I end it, and speaking of uphill, I know I said we should probably leave on safety because that would be a good place, but bringing it back around to teaching, with uh, just like um, freestyling, tricking, and this stuff has gotten popular, so now ski schools are teaching it, are you going to, or, or do you think you should, or are you considering starting to teach a uh, touring thing? Because the uphill thing has now gotten so huge, and so many mountains, even in our area, yeah. just uh, either allow it, for free or a small a small fee it's never more than five dollars anywhere maybe ten um have you considered getting people to uh to teach that or or uh, are we just gonna let that ride uh well we we have the ev weekly event but we don't have any teachers right again it's based off of what teachers sure. do you have that can teach it so i sure. i took up telemark when i lived in whistler and okay. i did quite a lot of telemark but um I uh, am not doing it anymore. Uh, sure. it, it is, it, it's, it's hard on the knees. Um, <laughs> it looks it. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not doing it anymore. And there's nobody else at our, you know, and on our staff right now that can do it. So for us, it, you know, it's entire again, it's in based off of what instructors we have going at that year. And I think a lot of other places, it's probably a similar thing. Um, sure. Because you, if you're a big resort, I mean, you certainly see the offering of telemark lessons and mm -hmm. touring lessons. But uh, at the moment, we we don't have anyone who could teach it. Um, nice. Anyways, and and I'm not I'm not doing it anymore. So there you uh, go. Anyways, okay, but no, it is it's growing and growing in in popularity, and backcountry is growing in popularity too. Yeah. And um, and hopefully, hopefully next year we'll see. Hey. <laughs> That would be awesome. Like, uh, and again, uh, as these, you know, touring and backcountry, uh, 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 as these become continue being popular, I wouldn't be surprised to see places like Whaleback starting to teach it. And again, that's up to the boss here, but you know, and who's on staff. But like out in Colorado, you got Bluebird Backcountry out there. That's that's what they do. They teach backcountry in a more controlled environment. Um, so it is going to become a thing and it is being taught. And I think that's great. Teach it. I don't know anything about touring. I want to learn, but I, you know, yeah. And I, I think I, I could, see, a lot of people around here, I think would love it because there's such a strong cross country yeah. uh, contingency around here. There are just, there's a tremendous amount of cross country skiers. And so I could really see backcountry, you know, or, or touring becoming very popular. So, and the idea is that, if we were to offer it, then you make sure that people then learn all of the safety issues involved and start, you know, learn avalanche, do some avalanche training, do all of this different kind of thing and do it responsibly um, so that so they don't end up buried uh, yes. under under snow. So absolutely. And, and to really take it up, it, it is it is quite, I think, prohibitively expensive. Um, it is pretty take it up. So, and especially the things like the, the, oh, the backpack with the inflatable device and all of these, you know, beacons and everything, they're all quite expensive, but, um, uh, but I, I could see it becoming, it's, you know, more and more popular in this area. So. 
yeah absolutely like the deeper out into the back country you go the more gear you need <laughs> so yeah all right okay well there you go we just a lot about instruction um a lot from a, a seasoned seasoned veteran which is good um has a lot of a lot of uh, um excuse me experience from all over the place so this was awesome miss katie thank you i really do appreciate it i hope you all continue to have a good season over there at whaleback i'll see you over there i plan on getting there much more often i am a pass holder so there on everybody um yeah dude it's, it's a great mountain and a great place to learn it has that that smaller more I don't want to say controlled, confined, intimate. I don't know what the word I'm looking for because it, but it is smaller. It's going to be a bet, a better experience. Um, and all trails lead to the same spot. So you can't get lost. It's a wonderful place. I, I love the place. Yeah. Yeah. It's wonderful. It really is. It uh, is. It's a microcosm of, 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 uh, large mountains out West. That's what it is. All in one little tiny itsy bitsy package. Yep. And, <laughs> ready for you to to learn and practice and have fun and 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 have a great night so that's awesome excellent and if you're interested in learning there you go to whaleback's website that link will be down there sign up give them a call head over there why not um the hours are also on the website um and check it out dude it's worth it and then if you obviously don't live around here or you're not visiting here check your local mountain because they're gonna have you know uh they're going to have a, an instruction as well. Check it out. It's fun. It's a great sport. Get into it. I love it. Thank you, Miss Katie. I do appreciate you Thank doing you. this with me. Thank you very much. It was nice to chat with you. Absolutely. And uh, we'll see you during the winter. Thanks. Okay. Bye. And there you have it, everybody. Thank you again to Katie McNall. Very, very fun interview. That was a lot of fun. I hope you enjoyed it. I really enjoyed doing that one uh, as well. Learned a few things, and we got to talk about a few things. And I've had some of the stuff that I've said to people about teaching um, confirmed by a professional who knows a lot more about teaching than I do. Absolutely. Thank you for watching or listening. Hashtag watching. I certainly do appreciate it. If you are in the Upper Valley or visiting the Upper Valley and are interested in learning at Whaleback, head to whaleback.com. You see it scrolling down there at the bottom of the screen if you're watching, and it's in all the show notes, uh, descriptions, etc. Um, again, if you are a list, if you're listening to the podcast and you're in your car, wait till you stop. Don't pick up your phone. You don't want that cell phone ticket. Um, and it's dangerous. Um, but the link is there as well. Um, and you can get all the contact information for Whaleback Mountain. So you can call that up and, and get yourself in to learn. They'll teach you just about anything and they'll do it in a nice, um, small environment, small class sizes, any ages. Um, actually, damn, that's something I forgot to ask her about was, um, I didn't have it in my notes and I thought about it on the way uh, on uh, while we were talking. I was like, oh, we should talk about how the difference between talking to uh, uh, teaching uh, young kids as students and adults as students. So I don't know. Maybe we'll find her if we can later in the season. We'll just ask her that one question. Maybe while I'm over there, I'll be like, hey, you want to do a quick uh, question here just for the fun of it? And we'll do that. But anyway, yes, get in touch with Whaleback. And if obviously if you're not here, Go to your local mountain or the mountain you're visiting. I'm sure they have instruction there of all different kinds of shapes, sizes. Even call your local park, like I said and have said many times. I learned to ski at Memorial Park down in Brattleboro, Vermont. Um, and it's just a park with a T-bar. And, uh, you know, I learned how to ski there. So contact your local parks authority. Maybe they know a place. Um, and get your lessons and get out there. You'll enjoy it. Just trust me. You'll enjoy it. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be afraid of falling. Don't be embarrassed if you do. In, and again, get instruction. The instructor will not get frustrated like your husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, best friend, whomever might. And they won't ditch you either. Right? Right. Thank you again for joining me uh, for the Ski Rex Media Podcast. Again, I hope you enjoy it. Next week, we will have another episode with another interview. And the week after that, we'll have an episode with another interview. And that one's going to be interesting. Um, next week's interview should be, and again, scheduling changes, but... If all goes according to plan, next week we'll be talking to Lindsay Delorier. She runs um, Bolton Valley over there. That should be a lot of fun, and that should be an in-person interview. But the day after I do her interview, I'm also going to the Hermitage Club, the private mountain down there in southern Vermont. That was It is on Haystack. It was once just called Haystack, and that'll be the following week. So we have a couple of interviews that should be pretty interesting. Um 
coming from a you know going from a public mountain being the way a public mountain's being run to the way a private mountain being run so that should be interesting so stay tuned for both of those in the coming weeks follow on social media when so you know when they're coming out uh subscribe or follow whichever or wherever you watch or listen to the podcast so you'll know it's coming out there and uh we'll see you out on the hill i'm gonna be doing some more skiing don't know if i'll go today because it's raining here and i don't know if i want to deal with that but it's supposed to snow later so who knows right right I'll see you out there. We'll be doing more podcast stuff. We'll be doing more social media stuff. We'll be doing more on um, SkiRexMedia.com, which will eventually, hopefully, get finished and designed the way I want it to because I still don't like it. Right? Right. I'll get it to it. I'll fix it. Anyway, I'll see you out there. Have a good day. Have a good evening. Have a good whenever you're listening to this. And I will see you out there. I'll see you on the next one. Later.